0: Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Sex Rap. You're here today with your favorite sex on the internet uh andrew and spring how are you today spring
0: so good i like how we pretend like we just started talking i mean we've been talking for over an hour and you're like hey how are you we always do that it's a lie we've been talking for a while we've been hanging out here we are oh hey hey again yeah i mean believe it or not
1: uh <laughs> A 20-minute episode takes hours of planning. It's kind of crazy how that works. Most of the planning is just like talking about life in general, the world, everything else. Spring and I are meeting up in Puerto Rico next November, which is going to be fantastic.
0: Ah, I love Puerto Rico. I can't wait to go back.
1: Travel. Travel's going to be a thing. Everybody, go get your vaccines. It's available to Everybody 16+. plus. Our episode is not about vaccines. Please go get yours. Thank you. (laughs) So uh, I'm just going to jump right in to my uh, topic for today, which is spring was locked up behind bars. How did that go, spring? (laughs) (laughs)
0: OMG. Um, I did get locked up behind one of those, um, like metal rolling doors that come down over businesses, um, in New York city a few days ago. And, um, it's pretty hilarious. I guess uh, the other business in the building didn't know that I was still in there, and so they rolled that down. And when I came down, I was very surprised. I was actually sending a voice voice note to my mom as I like got down there, and then I like started cursing like as I couldn't open the door, and I realized I was still recording the voice note to my mom. And I was like, "Oh shoot!" And then my mom started freaking out. She's like, "What's going on?" <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Quite alarming. Um, we couldn't figure out how to get me out. So, after an hour of trying to find a key to operate that rolling door from inside and not being able to, um, we called the firemen to come rescue me. <laughs>
1: and how many burly New York City calendar worthy <laughs> firemen showed up on the scene to get you out of a rolling door?
0: Eight and a fire truck with flashing lights and, <laughs> and the sirens on and everything. It was very exciting. I felt. Very important.
1: I mean, you were when I met Spring, she was not a natural pink at the time, she was a natural fire engine red.
0: You know that? <laughs> it's true, it is true. It is, uh, but
1: you got out. Um, they had to destroy the door to get you out. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that you're here with us today.
0: Yeah. Me too, me too. New York City at its finest.
1: <laughs> um, uh, let's see. So our question today has nothing to do with New York City or fire trucks or firemen. It is
0: about open, open, opening, getting out. Yeah, it, 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 totally, yeah, it, relates. it totally relates. It totally relates.
1: So um, the question is, am I selfish for not wanting an open relationship? Um, and I think this is a really interesting question for a lot of different ways. Um, but I mean, at the very beginning, as soon as I read this question, I responded back to the listener and I said, "Absolutely not. It's not selfish to not want an open relationship." But there's some little provisos we have to add, like some little like extra words that 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 go with it, right? Um, so, are you selfish? Uh, and for me, if you started a relationship that was not open with somebody, right from the beginning, and you both agreed to enter into that relationship. As a closed relationship, it is a hundred percent not selfish for you not wanting an open relationship. What do you think, Spring?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting to think about how a relationship is set up from the beginning, and then um, how it changes over time. And there are relationships that change from you know being a monogamous relationship to non-monogamous, or vice versa, and sometimes those changes can work within a relationship, but it's really dependent on why those changes are happening and, you know, where the impetus or where the motivation is for those changes. So these changes can work for sure. um, But a lot of times if you have set up to have a monogamous relationship, um, it is pretty challenging to try to change that, right? And it sounds like in this one, I, we're assuming that maybe there's wanting a change in the style of the relationship.
1: And, and most of us grow up in a world where the only relationships we see are two people. And they're the only ones that we've experienced. And our families and schools and churches, religions and society and government is all built on this idea that you and one other person um, that's what you expect. And that's what you're used to. And that's what you're comfortable with. And wanting that is, is completely okay. And I think that like the other side of all of that expectation is um, we're also taught some really negative things about relationships. And a lot of the questions Spring and I have answered over the last five years have, have been about like ownership of someone else's sexuality. Um, And there's this expectation in dyad or monogamous relationships that like, somehow you own or control this other person's sex or that they owe it only to you. Um, so there's a lot of negativity. So when I answer this question really easily at the beginning saying, well no, of course it's not selfish, but I would encourage people who are in these kind of situations to take a step back and say, well, why do I have these feelings and where are they coming from? And are these healthy feelings? right? If you ever have feelings about controlling someone else or owning someone else's sexual sexuality, or body parts or experiences, like that can be potentially pretty damaging and negative to you and that person if we're talking about, you know, you want to have a happy, healthy, egalitarian relationship.
0: And so if you're feeling like, what in the heck are they even talking about of these different styles of relationships, I want to refer you back to episode 28, which is how does polyamory work? So we kind of talk about um what it might mean to have an open relationship or a relationship that is not monogamous. And that can that can be a lot of different things. And so So the way that a non-monogamous relationship is defined is just based on the people in that relationship, right? So people decide what non-monogamy means for them. Sometimes it means having sex with another person altogether and only that. And sometimes it means having other partners outside of the relationship. And sometimes it means having whole relationships outside of that relationship. So it can look a lot of different ways. so when we call something an open relationship, it, it really has a lot of definitions. And so that's one of the first things I would say is when someone says they want an open relationship, first let's sit down and say, what exactly do you want? Like what, what is it that you're looking for out of the openness of the relationship? Because Like like I said, everyone defines that differently. So being really clear on what somebody wants is the first thing that you have to do. I
1: mean, it's really important to define that relationship, especially if you're moving towards open. Um, It's really important also to say here that if you don't tell somebody that you are now moving into an open relationship, that is called cheating, that is unethical, (laughs) and you should not do it right <laughs> it's almost always better to break up with that other person if that's your plan rather than not telling them and cheating um and i, I mean if we're talking about moving into an open relationship not only is it important to define what that relationship is going to look like what are the rules what are the boundaries what are the activities who what where why when like all of that has to be answered if you're changing into the relationship um, with somebody else but at the same time uh wait uh at the same time that you change all of those rules the other person has the opportunity to say i don't want to do that and that's okay right that's why i'm saying you are not selfish for not wanting to move into an open relationship but you know the scenarios that were in the backgrounds the situations the differences in libido the life and the expectations the exploration the kink all of that is part of the equation Um, so while the initial response is easy, I think the, the more honest, you know, scientific responses, it, it's complicated to answer these kind of questions. Like, why is your partner asking for an open relationship?
0: Yeah. So I have a friend who um, her partner just asked her, do you want to be in an open relationship after they had been monogamous for a while? And that really upset her. And she really shut down and said, you know, why would you even ask me this? Um, but then after she thought about it, then she was like, oh, maybe I do want that. (laughs) And, you know, so a lot can come up just in this question. So it can be, you know, like, oh, OMG, what am I doing wrong? Or what needs am I not meeting? Or why would they want to ask me for that? And all of that comes up very strongly, right? In this moment. And there's a lot of emotions associated with, um, why you might, imagine that your partner is asking for this
1: well and that's all based on what i was talking about at the beginning like we have all of these big societal expectations of how we fulfill someone's needs and how we fulfill someone else's needs and it can feel like i failed at the most important and the simplest of all of my tasks as a human being um and, and i think that what spring is saying is really important it brings up all of these emotions, sometimes positive, very frequently negative, and a lot of really judgmental kind of like self-judgmental emotions come up as well. Um, I have a friend who just had the same situation, uh, but I'll talk about that right after break. Um, We'll be right back, everybody. all right welcome back everybody um today we are talking about um open relationships am i selfish for not wanting an open relationship and spring just was telling us a story about a friend who was really you know she shut down and she was upset by it um i had a friend who talked to me just last week that um her husband of many many years uh was like well he wants to pursue an open relationship and she also was really upset by this at first she was really hurt by it like they have kids together, like on and on. Um, so after she did some real soul searching and talking with me about it, she went back to him and said, you know what, I'd be willing to explore this. What are the rules? Um, and then she mentioned that she was going to go pursue sex with other people as well. And he, her husband freaked out. Like, what do you mean this open relationship was just for me to get my jollies with some other women. Um, and now they are actually moving towards legal separation uh, because Whoa. she felt so abused because like he asked her for the open relationship. And at first she was hurt and was like, I don't think this is something I want. But then she thought about it and talked about it. And he's like, you know what? Like, why don't we experiment and explore? And she came back and was like, well, I am interested. Sure. And then she's, like, you know, she talked to me about it and I'm like, well, you need to establish rules and boundaries and activities and protection on and on. Uh, and she's like, well, right, these are rules and boundaries. How do we establish it? So when he asked for an open relationship, he was asking for permission to go have sex with other people. But when she was going to go have sex with other people, it was world war three. And the relationship is essentially over because she chose not to be selfish, but he was going to be selfish. And the new open like just crazy, crazy stories like this happened.
0: Okay. This is exactly the same that happened to my friend. And it was also like last week. I don't know what the universe is doing, but cause she went back and when she was like, okay, let's do this, let's talk about it. And then he was like, no, let's break up. And like, <laughs> when he was the one that had originally asked for it, right? Because he didn't want to, in my opinion, not own her. <laughs> that's that's how I put it.
1: My <laughs> own, Spring's talking about like the amount of control and ownership <laughs> over other people's sex. Like you can only do that activity with me. We have a lot of questions I want to answer in our list like... About masturbate, like my boyfriend masturbates without me and now he's cheating on me. We're not talking about that today, but the level of ownership people feel over other people's bodies and the way that they share, even friendships, is really uh, like negative overall for relationships. I'm sorry for your friend, but I'm glad she's out of the relationship with somebody who is so controlling.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, these examples that we both have of in our lives of these, um, of people wanting to like shift the dynamics of a relationship are really important for us to think about, you know, so if you are in a relationship where you want to change the dynamic of it, approaching that needs to be done one with a lot of care, um, both for yourself and for your partner, but also with a lot of self-reflection as to really why you're thinking about making this change in the relationship. And is it because the relationship isn't working in some way. Is it because, um, you just met someone you thought was hot <laughs> Is it because, you know, like really examining what is underlying that so that there is, um, this ability to clearly communicate with your partner about what it is that you're wanting and why and, and And it can really be great for some people to change the relationship style because they might have gotten into a relationship style just because they thought it was the only one or the only way. Maybe they didn't really have a lot of conversations about the style of relationship they wanted at the beginning. And so maybe it is great to do that. Um, And it can... It can also be traumatic and hurtful. So there is a lot of self-examination that has to happen first.
1: It's really important to know that if you're moving in or if you're asking the question, like maybe we should think about an open relationship, everything in your relationship can change. Right? Like your relationship with the other person needs to change as well. And like Spring said, you have to do a lot of soul searching, reflection on what you need and why you're asking for this change. And there's always a chance at the end of it that your relationship will be over, right? Because we build relationships based on expectations. And when we change some of those foundational elements of a relationship, it is possible that the outcome is that relationship is no more. Um, so it's like i said earlier it is really complicated right like am i selfish no you're absolutely not selfish for for saying no you don't want an open relationship but if you do you know consider it if you think about it there's a lot that goes into it and it can really change forever that dynamic with the other person yeah there's a lot of other stuff that we could talk about um very frequently um we have uh, male identified people who ask for open relationships but they only want other women to come in the bed forcing their partner to act as bisexual if she is not that can be kind of problematic um, like there's just so many elements of this that are really tricky um, and while you are not selfish I think often people ask these questions from a selfish standpoint as well and that's what spring and I both experienced like our female friends male partners asked it from a selfish position where they wanted something, but they weren't willing to engage it in a way where their partner would also get something from this change, right? If you're moving in this direction, all partners should benefit in terms of pleasure and intimacy and friendship and all of the other like reasons they may be moving out of the monogamous relationship.
0: Now, the other thing that I just want to talk about for a little bit is, um, what if this question was coming from the beginning of a relationship? So I was kind of assuming in the way the question was asked that, you know, they were already in a relationship. Am I selfish for not wanting an open relationship? But I would also like to consider that maybe this question is coming from, um, a person who's, you know, just talking to someone and they're just like interested in dating. Um, and the, person is suggesting we start with an open relationship. And so, um, I think that, you know, there are some different issues there because we're kind of talking about like what happens as you navigate and change this. And what I love, if this question is like from the beginning, then I love that. First of all, there's some open communication about what the relationship might look like and how we actually start to set that up from the beginning I
1: mean that is a a really great way to look at it I tell people all the time all relationships are open relationships until you have that conversation and close it down (laughs) like all relationships like unless you I don't like like
0: that phrase close it down down. (laughs)
1: all relationships until you have a conversation that defines the relationship and the expectations that you have with sharing parts of your sexual body. Yeah. Um, Yeah. All relationships start as open relationships. And I I mean, I think asking this question at the beginning shows that there's going to be some pretty good open communication. I also think that there's a lot of people because of those expectations are immediately going to shut it down and be not interested in having you as a sexual partner if you're asking this question early because it brings up insecurities with themselves and everything else. But um from the beginning, it can be a really great way to get to know somebody um, and perhaps build an affirming relationship where you can have all of your emotional, intellectual and sexual needs met by partners, right? Like that's the real allure of all of the different kinds of poly that there are, is that, you know, there's this fantasy that there's one person who can fulfill all of your needs. That's just not true. There is no perfect, there is no the one, like that's a fantasy. Um, so people move into poly for a lot of different reasons because you can have a lot of people surrounding you who all love you and who all support your needs and you can support theirs in different ways. Um, and talking about this from the beginning of a relationship could be amazing, right? Cause you could find your best one in a whole bunch of different categories this way. But a lot of people just aren't prepped for it. So maybe if you're listening to this episode, you can do some reflection and be like, eh, this is not for me. Or, you know, what? Maybe I need more than one person to make me feel fulfilled, like sexually and intimately and socially and intellectually, um, and realize that there is no perfect one.
0: And, you know, having these conversations at the beginning of a relationship and trying things and trying, you know. Um, to have a lot of dialogue about it, and like to check in with each other and to share, um, is really great practice. Even if you know you decide that you then want to go into a monogamous relationship, great. But having all of these conversations gives you, first of all, that time to be reflective and to understand what you really want. And it's also, you know, our number one recommendation on this show always is to communicate. And so the more that you are navigating something open, the more communication has to happen, which I love. And I will, I will be totally open and honest here and say that um, when I used to be in monogamous relationships a long time ago, I would avoid talking my partner about things because it was scary and it was hard and then when i got into open and poly relationships i had to talk a lot more and that has been the saving grace of all of my relationships since then like the i learned how to communicate within a relationship um, through having to do it and so the more you have to do it the more you practice the better so even if you're um, just practicing it a little bit at the beginning of a relationship great because that's going to c- continue into the relationship the more you practice having these conversations the more adept you become and the more ability you have to create healthy boundaries and to navigate those with your partner
1: absolutely um, i do want to put out there uh, if you are monogamous and you love being monogamous spring and i love and support your monogamy. It is great, a lot of people it works really well for. We don't wanna make anyone feel belittled by this conversation. Um, But we know that there's a ton of people out there who would love to do some non-monogamy and we fully support that. and I love what Spring was just saying. Like it, it was non-monogamy that taught her how to talk about relationships and how to set up those boundaries. It's kind of the same way that um, you know, a lot of the conversations that we have about what does consent mean and what does consent look like come from people doing bondage and domination, like you know, like mm-hmm. getting into some pretty significant um, kink. Um, they're the ones who taught us how to do that. So thank you, uh, BDSM people for teaching us what good consent looks like. And thank you, uh, people in non-monogamous relationships, really helping us better understand um, intimacy and relationship fulfillment and the conversations that we should have uh, before we enter into any relationship to make sure that those needs are met. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything else that you want to add to this for today? So uh, am I selfish for not wanting an open relationship?
0: You're not selfish and... Think about why you don't want it. That's, I mean, that's the whole thing. Like go through what are the real reasons? And and if it's like that you don't feel comfortable with your partner having sex or being emotionally attached to another person, that's okay. That means you're not comfortable with that. And that's all that it means.
1: And that's what you have to say, right? If you do that reflection and you have that thought, like not just a straight up no. But a a well-reasoned like, hey, so I thought about this and this is why I'm uncomfortable and I don't want to go in that direction.
0: Yeah.
1: And and that's 100% okay. And it is not selfish. If you've done a little bit of thinking about it, it's 100% not selfish. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're at the end of the episode. Um, Do you have a tip for our listeners today, Dr. Cooper?
0: So, my tip is to be selfish sometimes. Um, I love that we're talking about, like, you know, making sure that we're taking care of our partners and having all these conversations and, like, making sure we're not selfish. And it's also really important to really be there for yourself and to know your boundaries and really like stand up for yourself as well. And sometimes we call that being selfish. I don't, I don't love that phrase for it, but I do want to say make sure you've got your own back. And that's, that's where we want to start really. So take a little space and time for yourself. And if someone else calls that being selfish, then so be it. But be there for yourself first.
1: That's amazing. Um, I don't think I have a a tip to follow that. Mine was just going to be, you know, something funny about if someone asks you this question, respond back with why are they asking you that question, which is really important as well. But um, it's also okay for you to be a little selfish, right? Put up those boundaries, know yourself and uh, enjoy. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. If you have any questions or follow-up questions about this episode or any other questions about sex, sexuality, relationships, communication, we'll talk to you about anything. Uh, You can email us. We're thesexwrap at gmail.com. That's wrap with a W. Um, You can call us at 413-I-WRAP-IT. And then uh, check out our social media. Um, We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Sex Wrap. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good one.
0: Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school or just too music for this
1: episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder the podglomerate a sonic universe